welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. So this morning, um, uh, God gave me a message. Uh, thank goodness he gave me something. <laughs> I was a little nervous, but thank you, Ryan, again for the invitation, because um, uh, I feel special when I, when I get invited. I feel a little special, so thank you for that. Now I'm going to invite you to um, open your Bibles. We're going to go to the to the letter of the Ephesians, the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter three. We're going to be reading from verse 14 to 21. The letter to the Ephesians, chapter three, verse 14 through 21. And if you can say Amen when you find it. Amen. All right, I'm going to start reading, and uh, you follow me along, okay? Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this passage that we read. Thank you, Lord, because you know that we know that you are here with us and you want to teach us something this morning. I pray that you will um, guide me as I speak. I pray that you will be the one who speaks to the church, speak to us this morning, Lord. I pray that you will be the one who receives all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And um, my message will not be too long. And um, I want to talk to you about what is the, the fullness of God. This is what Paul was writing to the, to the church of, of the Ephesians. And the letter of Paul to the Ephesians, is, it's a letter of, of encouragement. Paul was writing to the Ephesians so that they could be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God wants us to be filled with his Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to be talking about. I want, to, I want to explain to you what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a, a story, and it's a true story. There's a story about a, a certain man, an Englishman. His name was Julian Ellis Morris. The story says that this man, he, he liked to dress like a, like a normal person, like a poor normal person. And he would like to go you know, door to door selling uh, Razor blades, shampoo, and soap. He would like to work. He worked the whole day. And then in the afternoon, he would go home to his mansion. He was a rich man. He had a mansion. And then he would go to his mansion. He would ask, he would have servants. He would ask his driver to take him to a, a really nice restaurant. He would go and eat. He could afford it. He had the means. Sometimes he would take a plane, go to Paris. He, he had all the money. He could do whatever he wants. But during the day, he was just a normal person, just average person. And I was thinking about this story. 
And thinking about this passage, what Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and I thought, how many Christians live sometimes like Mr. Morris? We spend, we spend our day by day living in apparent spiritual poverty and only occasionally enjoying the vast riches of the glory of God. You know, sometimes we live our spiritual lives as Christians. We live like poor people during the week. And God has said, um, I want to give you, I'm gonna, I want to empower you. I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit so you can live in victory, victory after victory, victory. And yet God has promised this for us. And yet there's still Christian, Christians in the church that live, they're living uh, spiritually poor. They have their access to the Holy Spirit. They have unlimited access because God says, according to the riches, God has unlimited power, and we have access to that power, and we just don't know how to, how to get there. How do we get that power? How, do, how, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? And that's what I'm trying to talk to you about this morning. So in this passage, Paul was praying for the Ephesians to be filled up with the, whole, for the fullness of God through faith. Paul is praying that God will give them the capacity to know all of what they have in Christ so that the Ephesians believers will come to grip with their immense multidimensional prosperity that is, what, uh, that is made available to each one of them and every other believer. God wants every one of us, God wants me, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting, it's important to identify who is Paul writing to. And in verse 1, I'm sorry, it's chapter 1, verse 1, Paul says, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, he says, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. It's clear in this passage that Paul was writing to believers. Paul was writing to Christians. Okay, so... Paul was writing to believers, and Paul calls them saints. He says that the word saints uh, literally means the holy ones. So it's clear that Paul was addressing Christians. And it seems to me that Paul was trying to communicate the the benefits that we have uh, as children of God. Paul had already known that the the church of Ephesus, they had received Jesus. They were congregating. They were having services. And yet Paul comes and tells them... um, you guys need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the fullness of God. You need Christ to dwell on your hearts. And in verse 16 says that we will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Now I think that every Christian, every believer wants to live a victorious life. But in some cases, some Christians conform just living an up and down Spiritual life. It's kind of like a, like a yo-yo. You know what a yo-yo is? So the little toys goes down, goes up. And I think that uh, that you know some some Christians, some people, believers, they they like to live their lives in an up and down. They start uh, Sundays, you know, they are pretty high. Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, oh, they pick up a little bit. And then Thursdays, Fridays, oh, exchange service. But if you didn't come, Friday over here, Saturday, 
And then Sunday, ooh, we barely made it. And uh, it, it's critical, it's funny, but it is, uh, it, it's a dangerous life. It's dangerous to live that way. And uh, I think Paul was identifying what Paul knew that, you know, this church, they have already received Jesus, but they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't know that they have access, unlimited access to this power that God has promised to them, and they need to know so they can live a filled spirit life. And God has promised to strengthen us with the spirit, with the power of spirit. And um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And uh, just to know that God will grant us according to the riches of his glory is an assurance that he can be able, he will be able to give us the strength that we need. Knowing that God, the creator of the universe, wants us to empower us is a reason to rejoice that God will do it. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can live in victory. And in the book of uh, Colossians, chapter 1, verses 10 to 12 says, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all power. You hear that, church? Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously. The only way that we can continue to walk in victory is pleasing God in through the power of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I read a book uh, a few years ago, and this author was trying to, to get a point across, and he tried an experiment. He said, um, he was trying to let the, readers, uh, the, the audience know that how critical it is to, you know, to have a close relationship with, with God, and how important it is to, to keep that relationship alive by communicating with God, by praying, reading his word, and he said, I'm going to take this whole week, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to talk to God, I'm not going to read his word. Uh, I don't think that was a good idea, but he went to go ahead and did it anyways. He said it, it didn't take too long. By the second day, he said, you know, everything was going downhill. Everything was going worse and worse. And he immediately had to stop, and he, he wrote in that book how critical it is to keep that relationship alive and to stay close and, and maintain that relationship with Jesus Christ. So because we need the power of the Holy Spirit every day, every minute of our life. In verse 17, the second part of verse 17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And we know that Paul was writing to, to Christians. Paul was writing to believers. He was trying to communicate something to them. He was trying to let them know what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he tells them, so that Christ may dwell on your hearts through faith. And uh, so what does it mean? What, what, maybe the Ephesians, maybe the church was wondering, why, why does Paul write, is writing this? Why is Paul telling us that Christ may dwell on our hearts? Isn't Christ already in my heart? Because they were believers, they had received Jesus. So I think they were wondering why is Paul asking, saying this, that Christ may dwell in our heart. 
And this word dwelling, it literally means to dwell permanently, okay, to dwell forever. And I think what, what Paul was trying to tell him is that, you know, uh, Paul means that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It means that uh, Christ is already living in our hearts, but only as a guest. What Paul means by letting Christ to dwell in our hearts is that we let Christ take permanent residence. So he no longer is just a guest, but he's a master resident in his proper home. How many times have you gone visit someone and they tell you, you know, they, they invite you in, you're visiting, and they tell you, okay, feel like home, you know, feel, make yourself a home. And what they really mean is that, you know, make yourself comfortable. They don't say, this is your house, you can do whatever you want. This is not your house, it's theirs, you're only there as a guest. And sometimes we, take, we want to take Jesus, we want him to come into our life, but only as a guest, as a guest, as a guest member. We don't allow him to be the president of the home. And you know what the problem is? That we have some rooms in our house that we don't want Jesus to go into because we're afraid. We're afraid of what we have in there. We're afraid if Jesus walks into the room, he's not going to like it. He's going to say, you know what? You're going to have to take all this junk, throw it away because it's not doing you any good. That's sad church, that, you know, Paul, Paul knew that they had received Jesus. They're already walking with Jesus. He calls them saints. He knows they're believers. But they say, you guys have taken Jesus only as a guest. You got to take him as the president of the home, as the resident. You got to allow him to walk in every part of your room. If he wants to go into the little closet that you don't want to open, you got to let him in. Okay? Because we're afraid that if he shows up, you know, we have that special room. We, we watch those things that we watch, those places that we go. And we want to have Jesus in, as a guest, let's say, in the living room. We want to have him available for when we need him. But we don't want him to walk in our own home and make those changes that he needs to change. We, we don't want to give up those things where we're holding so tight because we, we just... We just love him. We, we can't let him go. We just can't allow Jesus to go into the room and make those changes because I want those things. Amen? We need to allow Jesus to be the president of your home. We need to allow Jesus to dwell permanently in our homes. Amen? This is where we exercise our faith, church. It says that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. One of the verses that I use uh, to explain what faith means is Hebrews 11.6. Maybe I mentioned this uh, in the past. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Um, and this verse, uh, I like to use this verse to explain what, what faith means. And uh, I kind of divide it in three parts. It says, Faith believes what God says. Faith obeys what God commands. And faith trusts in and rests on his promises. If you want to take Jesus to dwell in our hearts, if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we do it through faith. Okay? First of all, we believe what God says. And second of all, we obey what he commands us. 
And thirdly, we, we, we trust in and rest on his promises. If he says that he's going to do something, he will do it. Amen. Uh, the second part of verse 17 says, And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. To be, to be filled up with the fullness of God is to be filled with those gifts and mercies that God has promised to us. It means to reflect uh, the image of God in our lives just like Jesus did. And uh, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 says, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Also in, in chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. You know, the best example that we have of a spirit-filled life is Jesus Christ himself. He came and he showed us how to live a life guided by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself, you know, he, he denies uh, doing anything on his own, his own initiative. He always said, everything that I do, everything, everywhere that I go, every, all the miracles that I've done, I've done it because of the Holy Spirit. He gave me that power. He was power. He was guided by the Holy Spirit. He said, I didn't do anything that my father didn't tell me. All the things that I did, I did it because the father guided me. That miracle on the pool of Bethesda, the, the guy that was paralyzed, that was the only guy he healed that day. Why? Because the Holy Spirit told him. He could have healed everybody, but the Holy Spirit told him, go to this person specifically. And so Jesus showed us that the, he's the best example that we have on, our, on the Bible and scriptures of a spirit-filled life. He came and showed us how to live a spirit-filled life. We need to be filled with the fullness of God and continually reflect the image of Christ. It is a continuous process as we walk with God when we are filled with the fullness of God. Uh, trust that God will continually help us to, to love with that dynamic love. He says that uh, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will be able to love, to love one another. That's the fruit. That's the, the, the benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to be able to, to love everybody. We want to be able to love our neighbor. Uh, there's uh, three questions that I always, uh, well, I try to ask my sons as often as I can. One of those questions is, I always ask him, what's the most important thing in the whole world? And then they know the answer. They say to love Jesus and to serve him. And the second question is, what is the second most important question? What is the second most important thing in the whole world? That is to love others as Jesus loves me. I ask him as, you know, as often as I can. I always make sure they remember that. Because if we want to live a, a spirit-filled life, we've got to make sure we share that love. We've got to make sure we have the love of Jesus Christ. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit in a way that people will see it. That people will see, oh, this person has the love, has a, you know, he, he loves me, he's a, he accepts me, accepts me the way I am. He just, there's something special about this person. Amen. It is by faith uh, that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is by faith that we can allow Jesus to dwell permanently in our life. It's, it's it's our ultimate goal of everybody. It's our ultimate goal of every believer to be 
every day more and more like Jesus Christ. As I come to a conclusion, I just want to remind you, church, that you know we have great benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, as on, on the book of Acts, you know, chapter 1, verse 8, when it says, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and says, and you will be my witness. You're going to be my witness. So I believe with all my heart that the the first reason, the you know, number one reason why Jesus wants to give us that power, the number one reason why Jesus promised us that he will fill us with the Holy Spirit is to be his witnesses. Okay? You know, it was not, the first one is not to save people, I mean, to heal people, not to cast out demons. The first reason was to, to be witness. He said, you will be my witness. And he wants to give us that power. We want to be able to have that power to be a witness to the world. And this morning, I just want to encourage you to, you know, I just want, I just want you to know that you have that access to the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that access. All we have to do is take it. I could tell you, you know, I have a surprise for you outside. Uh, but you have to go get it. I have a gift for you. And this is where we exercise faith. First of all, you have to believe me that I have something for you, that I have a gift for you outside. Second of all, you have to obey because I'm telling you, you have to go get it. And from here and to the Lord, that's the difficult part. Because from here and there, you're going to start walking and you're probably going to start doubting, amen. Does he really have it? Does, is it really there? Am I going to be disappointed when I get there? No, you have to believe that you have to believe that God has said, I promise you that I was going to give you this power of the Holy Spirit. I promise you that I was going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you this morning, church, don't live like this man, you know, day by day, poorly spiritual life. You can be live in victory after victory because God has promised us that he will give us the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.